Hi there and welcome to Soundcheck by Support Act. Thanks for joining us. Hope you've had a fantastic weekend, uh, keeping yourself safe, keeping yourself socially distanced. Um, from a matter of hundreds, thousands of kilometres today, I'm joined by uh, Dorian Espinato. Thank you for joining me, Dorian. Hi, Luke. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're stoked that you could join us today because uh, Dorian is the Clinical Services Manager for Access EAP who help us run the wellbeing helpline uh, and also is a mental health social worker. So before we get started, just want to let everybody know once again about the Support Act wellbeing helpline. You can contact the helpline at 1800 959 500 and it is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week and staffed by fully qualified mental health practitioners who have an understanding of what it's like to work in the music industry, whether you're an artist, freelance musician, crew worker, or somebody who works in the industry. Um, so Dorian, before yeah. we get, get along, I thought it'd be good for you to explain your role in the helpline and how the, the wellbeing helpline works. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm, as Luke said, I'm the clinical services manager. So I manage the internal clinical team. So we're the team that would provide some of the services to people who are calling in on the helpline. We also have a whole range of associates who work for us, about 2,000 who also provide some of those services. There's been a team of us who have been specifically trained around the industry and get some insight into the industry. So we tend to be the people who take those calls. And really it's about people just calling in if they want to talk about a specific issue or just generally about how they're feeling or what's going on for them. And there'll be somebody at the end of that phone to have a chat to them and to, you know, to possibly support them through what they're going through. Yeah, so like, what are the kind of things uh, that people call the wellbeing helpline about? There's been a wide range of things that people call about. So it might be specific to their work in the music industry, things like perhaps the insecurity around job and around work. And obviously now with COVID-19, that's very current. Um, it might be about personal relationships, it might be about finances and necessarily not necessarily knowing what finances are. Um, it might be about kind of interaction with other people. It might be about the way in which you should structure kind of your thinking. So it might be about mental health conditions. So there's a wide range of things that people call in for. Yeah, great. And one, one of the um, issues that we have brought up with us at Support Act all the time about calling uh, the helpline is the, the the stigma of calling a helpline like that. And we feel like that through this series of soundcheck that we're hoping to break the, the stigma of reaching out for help. What is something that you would say to someone who's feeling, you know, nervous, cautious about calling a helpline like us? Look, I think that it's understandable. And especially if people haven't used that kind of service before, um, there is unfortunately still stigma attached to mental health. But we really want to encourage people to realize that about one in four Australians will suffer from a mental health condition. So it's very common. And we also know that the prognosis is much better for people who seek assistance early on. So you don't have to be at a point of crisis to seek assistance. And really taking into account that it's important to connect with people and to just share your problem. So really encouraging people to give it a try and see how it goes for you. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so um, that's amazing. I think it's important for people to know that we have this incredible resource in the music mm -hmm. industry. 
uh, and that it's a, we need to, people should be reaching out and using it, particularly in these tough times. Now, today, Dorian, what, uh, what specifically do, you, do we think we should be focusing on? Well, I mean, I just was listening to you do a bit of an intro when you said you'd hope everybody's been social distancing. It just got me to thinking about the fact that although we're calling it social distancing, we really should be calling it physical distancing. Physical distancing. Yeah. yeah. Because at a time like this, it's so important for people to be connecting with one another in, you know, in the way maybe that we're doing it now over some kind of video conferencing. I know there's house party. I know there's a whole lot of different things that you can use technology wise. But really just reaching out and connecting with people in your lives can be so important at a time like this. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, and I think that it, obviously it's a time where people feel quite out of control. Mm. Uh, and mm. and that's, a, that's a huge thing. And it seems to be a bit of a recurring theme in our conversations is that feeling of not being in control, but being in this environment, a controlled environment, which is at your, which, which is at your home. Well, for a lot of people, a controlled environment, not for all people. But... Mm. Um, how can people deal with that feeling of out of control? And also, let's maybe we talk about a little bit more about some tangible ways that people can manage um, their, their stress or their mental health whilst in isolation. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question, Luke. So obviously, at a time like this with COVID-19, there's a lot of stuff that is out of our control. You know, perhaps things like the shelves in the supermarket are not being filled or people's behaviour, other people's behaviour. If other people aren't social distancing, how are the government's responding, when this will end, what the, what the outcome will be. So there's a lot of this stuff that we're concerned about that we actually have no control over. And it can lead to people feeling quite anxious and that sense of real discomfort with all of the stuff that you can't control. So Stephen Covey, who was a teacher and a thought leader, he wrote the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He's got a wonderful tool a tool called, it's called the circle of concern and the circle of influence. And what he says is that we spend a lot of time in that circle of concern, worrying about all of these things that we can't control, which then unfortunately leads us to becoming quite negative and reactive. And what he suggests is what we should try and do is really think about in situations that we're in, where we're feeling like there's so much that we can't control, Look at that which we can actually control, which is what he refers to as the circle of control or influence. So, for example, perhaps you can control your own behavior, like we were saying, you know, do the physical distancing, connect with people in other ways. Perhaps you can control how you treat other people in the situation, your own family, your colleagues, you know, your fellow musicians, maybe your neighbors. Um, you can control your own self-care and how you're taking care of yourself. What are you actually doing at home? You know, is there something really interesting or a project you've been putting off that you can do now? So he's saying the more time we spend focusing on that which we actually can control, the more productive, the more empowered we feel, and the more positive we're going to have a sense through something like this. Okay, so I think... Uh... In terms of something that people watching can do, I mean, there's, there's, there's the two things too. People are saying, you know, now's the time to take that, that moment of self-care as well because we're kind of in this lockdown process. But I think going into the what can you control, is it as simple as making lists and saying these are things that I want to focus my energies on to try and uh, be, in charge, be in charge of something? Yeah, so I think 
that there's certainly are the practical things like some of the things that I mentioned and it's really a good idea sometimes to just kind of brainstorm, write it down, write down all of everything that you're worrying about, everything that's concerning you and then kind of divide it into that which you can't control and that perhaps which you can control. So then what you start to do is you start to turn this kind of worry which exacerbates anxiety and discomfort into problem solving. So we really want to look at, okay, so what are all these things that I'm worried about? Um, and sometimes our brains can play tricks with us when we're in a state of not controlling or in a state of worry. So we can get into that kind of repetitive thinking where we go round and round or into what we call distorted thinking, which means that your thinking might be, for example, catastrophic. You're thinking a lot about worst possible case scenario, especially in your current situation. And when you get caught up in that kind of thinking, what tends to happen is that once again, it becomes more and more uncomfortable to be in that space. So it's important to take all of those concerns and those worries, write them down, put them onto a list, look at the ones that you have no control over. Don't worry about those. There's nothing you can do about them. Then look at the ones that maybe there is something you can do about and think about, okay, so given that situation, what is it that I could do? Who could I influence? How can I influence it? And what am I going to do? And then actually starting to get a bit of an action plan around some of those things. Yeah, okay. So that seems like quite a proactive approach, which is, which is so brilliant to try to um, preempt how you may feel or things feel, start to feel out of control. What's something that people could do when reacting, say to like heightened levels of anxiety, or, I mean, it, it's, it's different for all people, but yep. you know, what, what are some things you say that people can do when reacting to you know, negative thoughts or feelings of anxiety? Um, obviously, calling the Wellbeing Helpline is one of them. Yes. What's the stuff that people can do for themselves? So first, I want to just remind everybody who's listening that a certain level of discomfort and anxiety at a time like this is absolutely normal. Absolutely. Of course, we're all feeling a little bit out of our comfort zone and we're all feeling a little bit uncomfortable and that's absolutely fine. It's when it gets to a point where you stop being functional, where it starts to impact you so much that you feel like you can't carry on doing the things that you want to be doing, that it can become really problematic. So it is helpful if people get into practices like doing things where they can relax where they can calm themselves down, give their brains and give their bodies time to just take a break. So really kind of observing maybe what's going on, noticing some of those thoughts and when you get stuck into those unhealthy thinking patterns, noticing what's going on in your body when you start to feel highly anxious and different people will experience it differently. Maybe you're racing heart, lack of oxygen, a sense of feeling a little bit dizzy, a sense of feeling like you can't speak or you can't think or you can't make decisions. And when you notice you're getting into that place, then just to take a moment to stop, to take a few breaths and breathing can be very helpful at a time like this. And just to allow yourself to calm down before you then proceed. Okay. And I think as you say, very right, correctly, is that it is important sometimes to reach out and to get help and to speak to somebody who maybe can help you to put things into perspective. 
Yeah, because in this instance, there's probably a lot of people who have not experienced uh, Ill, Ill health um, mentally before. So I, I guess it's a, a whole new world for some people. Yeah. Okay. And do, you know, doing things like daily mindfulness practices, getting yourself an act like headspace, listening to some of those practices, doing yoga, if that's something that you like, maybe doing, taking a jog around the block. So some of that kind of exercise, meditation, lifestyle type stuff can be very helpful as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really why with this series, we've tried to make it about mental and physical and social mm. well-being as well, because it's the, it's the whole body, isn't it, Dorian? It's the absolutely. whole body. It links in with one another. Yeah, that, that mind, body, gut connection is also important, really. Yeah. So for people who feel like they're experiencing fairly severe um, mental health issues as a as a well, because of this or because it was already underlying and ongoing mm -hmm. and this kind of exacerbated it, what would be your uh, advice to people who are experiencing that right now? I really want to emphasise that people need to know that they're not in it alone, that there are resources out there, that there is support out there and that there is help out there. And I think sometimes when you get into that space, you can feel very alone. You can really have a sense that nobody understands and nobody will understand. And all I can say is please reach out for help. Phone the support wellbeing line, contact your GP, speak to a friend, speak to a partner, really just reach out and have a conversation. It's really so important to connect. Yeah, I think that's uh, beautiful advice. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna provide some more resources uh, in the comments section. And we're going to continue talking about mental health all through this uh, sound check series we're going to do. We're going to have Dorian back on. Um, so before we say goodbye, once again, I want to highlight the Support Act Wellbeing Helpline. You can call it 24 hours a day, seven days a week uh, on 1-800-959-500. And uh, you, might, uh, you might get to speak to Dorian. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, Dorian. Thanks for having me, Luke. And we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Bye.